0: Welcome to the Solutions Insider podcast. In this episode, our host Jody Fleming is joined by Dr. Robert Minkus, a healthcare leader with over 20 years of experience and a passion for empowering physicians to align their values with their work. Dr. Minkus is currently connected with the Healthcare Experience Foundation and has been doing great work across the state of North Carolina. Today, we'll be discussing his work on resident program enrichment and supporting physician well being beyond the clinical competency focus of residency. We'll also dive into the importance of bridging organizational development for physicians and the opportunities to support physician
1: well-being in the current healthcare landscape. So, Welcome, Dr. Minkus. So glad that you're able to join us today. It's wonderful to meet you. Um, I've heard a lot about you, uh, but finally getting the opportunity to to meet you and, and chat with you. So thank you again for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. So before we get started, let's just learn a little bit more about you. So tell us a little bit about your personal and professional background. And, you know, how long have you been connected with Healthcare Experience Foundation?
0: Yeah, well, I grew up in Miami, Florida, and I currently reside in Fort Myers, Florida, with my wife, Helen, and dog, Charlie. There were 30 years out of Florida, which included New Orleans, St. Louis, and Texas for 10 years. And happy to be here in Florida. Uh, My professional background is I'm a board-certified general and pediatric surgeon and I've held leadership roles uh, for over 20 years, and I have experience in academic, community, and private practice settings. I'm also trained in organizational development, and I'm a certified professional executive coach. I've been connected with the Healthcare Experience Foundation for about three years and worked closely with them to uh, improve patient experience for our employee group with my Previous employer, I transitioned uh, to full time physician coaching and consulting, and joined HXF uh, in November last year.
1: Great. Well, that's pretty impressive. uh, Your background, especially the the organizational development. I am actually getting my MBA right now, and and that's one of the classes that you know we all have to take. But I don't think that there's really a class that can kind of prepare you for a lot of that. Um, So I certainly appreciate your journey. So tell us a little something about yourself that might not be on your CV. So
0: many nuggets, uh, but two I'll share that are somewhat related. And the first is that uh, I survived childhood bone cancer, not once, but twice. I was in age, and age 12 at the time. And that informed so much of my life. I realized at a young age that, you know, we are on a great adventure. And so another thing not on my CV is that my wife and I adopted two children from Belarus.
1: Congratulations on all of that. That's that's a survivor story for sure. So thank you for sharing that. Why do you love to do what you do?
0: So I'm very passionate about aligning personal growth and mastery with the work that I do each day, whether it's as a physician coach, a mentor, or a teacher. And what I do aligns with my values, which are compassion, authenticity, which is that alignment, lifelong learning and and service. And I love helping others to do the same.
1: That's, you know, a, a lot of talk about, you know, authentic leadership and authentic, even compassion has been thrown around a lot over the last probably three years, especially with the, given the circumstances with COVID, what is one bit of advice that you could give to somebody, whether it's a physician or a leader or, you know, just the average person um, regarding being your authentic self and being more compassionate.
0: The most important is, is, understanding what that means for you and the values that underlie those things. And I thought about and worked on probably for years to come up with compassion for me is rooted in love and kindness and non-judgment and appreciation, which is an evolution of forgiveness and understanding. If you can get to that point of appreciation, you're in a different state. So you've reframed your ability to align with those things that we have deep within us. It gets buried in the stresses and we'll talk about some of those things where we cannot be or feel we cannot be our authentic selves. And it manifests in ways that are not good for ourselves or our patients or the organizations we work with. So it's really working on a framework that is meaningful for ourselves and not just a word or a competency. It has to have true meaning.
1: Right. And it's really interesting having this conversation. Um, I had a, a physician, I had a, an annual physical this morning before our our call, um, and I took with me the Triangle Business Journal because I was trying to catch up on just some reading while I waited, which really wasn't that long of a wait. But the article I was reading was about resiliency and it was, you know, the word, you know, resilience, be, that's that word's been thrown around a lot, too. And, you know, resiliency and burnout. But even leaders have that the lack of resiliency right now. Um, they have that lack of compassion. And I think because the leaders have been so just ingrained in making sure everybody else is OK, okay. especially frontline workers, um, making sure that the day to day operations are, are are going as they should that I think we tend to forget that as leaders, we also need to make sure that we are recognizing when we don't, when we aren't being our full authentic self and don't have that compassion for somebody else, and especially ourselves. So, you know, what, what, how would you speak to somebody about that? What type of coaching would you use for a leader, around, you know, noticing that they don't have that capacity right now.
0: And and that is a transformational approach, the idea of leading self before leading others. Mm -hmm. And that is fundamental and can become an aha moment. Some people get it naturally. Some people work at it. And some of us just give and give until we have no more left of our energies, right? We have mental energy, physical energy, emotional energy, and spiritual energy. When we are depleted, it's, it's impossible to be our authentic selves and lead in the most impactful way for our patients, for our staff, and for our community. So taking that approach and taking just those small steps to grow those new awarenesses can make tremendous difference.
1: Thank you so much for that. Um, So I know you've been doing a lot of work with Healthcare Experience Foundation, and I know that they're doing some great work across the state of North Carolina, but I'm really interested to learn more about your work on a residence program, enrichment and supporting faculty and the residents that are in those programs. You know, it's not just the competency piece of a resident or a doctor, but what are other things that you're talking to these residents about teaching, coaching these residents on?
0: So if we believe everything we read and hear, right, it's fascinating that healthcare has been living on the precipice of collapse for the last 20 years, right? And just that message creates an inordinate inordinate amount of stress on our patients, our healthcare teams. In the education system, right? But we struggle to find solutions and new ways of doing things. And medical education is a, a typical one. Uh, I was recently at the ACGME conference, and you know the problem is well defined. Yet finding a path from where we've been to where we need to go is currently eluding us. So we've not yet successfully integrated this into formal medical training, but that work in North Carolina, right, where there's a multi-pronged approach, right, focusing not just on the residents, but on the faculty is ideal, right? Doing one without the other would lead to limited success. We need to have these cultural changes that become ingrained in each program and organization to really reap the benefits of that growth. It's it again, it's the new awarenesses and the new perspectives that we haven't yet uh, uh, experienced in healthcare education.
1: So what kind of outcomes do you expect to see with this type of work? Because uh, I love the fact that you said one thing can't happen without the other. So you know, educating residents, you know, holistically cannot happen without also, educating the faculty and holistically and making sure that they are working cohesively together so what kind of outcomes do you expect to see from this type of coaching or training?
0: Yeah imagine being in an environment where it starts in that core unit with the relationships that are are and the trust and the safety that's built we, we right we know the word psychological safety and environment and we don't feel it yet we will feel it when we, have successfully implemented and integrated this type of training and way of being into the environment. So this will have an impact not just on the physicians and the residents, but on the teams they work with, and really importantly, the patients and the family and the community, and really healthcare overall, we can see this positive impact. And we're already seeing those results in the residents who've experienced Uh, some of this training in terms of uh, patient safety and teamwork, professionalism, the faculty engagement and supervision that they then return. It really builds relationships.
1: We're at the very beginning of starting the, you know, a conversation with the residency program or some coaching. One of the things that kind of like the burning question that I have is, you know, what is the one Biggest, and I don't want to say weakness, but opportunity for development and growth with a new residency program with those specific residents.
0: It starts basic and it's it's foundational to everything we're talking about. And it's building awareness, internal self-awareness, external awareness, not just of others in the definition of emotional intelligence, but how we're perceived. And, and having that matter, right? We, we we can have, you know, we all work on our blind spots, right? I, I had no idea that you saw me this way, and I'm going to work really hard to change it. And we have the few who say, I don't care. That's really a minority. Most of us work with our head down and do what we do without any idea of of sometimes the impact that we have. Uh, and it has important Uh, repercussions for ourselves, our relationships, for our teams and our patients.
1: And it does. And, you know, like I said, uh, just coming back from a physician practice today and knowing that, you know, how I was treated, I had so much time that was spent with me today. Um, I had so much focus. And when, you know, and I understand that doctors have to, you know, type their notes into their EMR, EHRs. Um, But even as my physician, was typing her notes. She even apologized to me for having to do that. And I thought that that was, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's totally fine. You know, great. Um, But having the situational awareness to know that that could really be a distractor for a patient. Like you're not paying attention to me right now, but I, you know, it was just that one little instance could make a huge difference in you know, a visit to the doctor or, um, to the dentist or, or whatever. Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. And that awareness that we have another person, right. Who's present and finding ways to partner, right. With our patients and that person, one is the acknowledgement and an apology. Another is true involvement or making light of the situation, not of, the healthcare situation, but having that human moment and connection is a real opportunity. There's a moment to do that with that recognition. So uh, uh, that's a wonderful example that you brought up.
1: Great. Well, let's, so I want to just talk a little bit more about your background too, because I think it's very extremely interesting um, because you're talking, you're you know, a pediatric surgeon, um, but have the organizational development So what's really interesting is your situational emotional awareness, because we're talking about pediatrics. A lot of times pediatric patients don't have the ability to say what's wrong or give you that good indication as, you know, most people, most adults would be able to say it hurts here. So I'm really fascinated that with that. And then add on the organizational development. Bridging that organizational development is, is so important. But why is it so important for physicians?
0: So I think you hit the two components, which is what I'm passionate about now. It's organizational development approach, and I'll talk about in a coaching mindset, which is that self-reflection, lifelong learning and growth, which underlies so many of the skills that are needed and lacking in our current training environment. Uh, but from an organizational development approach, I felt that that's one of the missing ingredients for physicians, right? We we uh, initially focus our education on the medical knowledge and technical skills with Minimal focus on relational skills. Uh, we know that physician leaders and executives, if they're going to be successful, must you know become more strategic and learn about business and leadership skills. But if you notice, most physicians who want to learn more go an MBA approach, and and I think that's fine if that's your passion and that's your interest. Uh, but there's another there's another view, right? And the organizational. De- development approach is a mindset that actually parallels what we do as physicians. We can go in and do a diagnosis, right? Physicians, we have to diagnose the the condition. We need to do that for our organization, analyze the data, identify the patterns. Uh, It requires systems thinking, right? A both and approach, right? Right. Uh, that that we don't do when it comes to the problems surrounding us. So I find that oftentimes when physicians are unhappy, there th- there's a lacking of the understanding of the state of healthcare. Yes, it feels bad and it's stressful. Yet they'll turn around and say it's our organization's fault. They're not doing X, Y, and Z. So those types of things that uh, that addresses the structure and what we can do differently from that diagnostic approach, but really focusing on solutions uh, can make a big
1: difference. If something like this, uh, this coaching, this, this, uh, you know, training, if you will, had been incorporated into your residency program, how would it have made you a different physician coming out of like all your, your education?
0: I think the from a, the, a coaching perspective, that self awareness piece in our limited capacity. You know, we we go in with high ideals and a lot of energy when we're young, and we have to refuel our energies. Right? We talked about right our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual energies. Mm-hmm. I, I think having that front and center, it's the and right. Take care of myself. From an organizational perspective, you know, physicians, we are workers, right? We're there taking care of patients. That's our passion. That's what our organizations need us to do. We don't do a couple of things. We don't stop to hear about what's going on in the organization, in the world that leads to the decisions that are made to impact ourselves. So we react, we become very reactive. We took a long time to become involved, right? We were way behind. And I can remember early on in my career, I was in an academic institution and I didn't know that there was a crackdown on medical records and and, and the way that they were being done. And I got a letter that I was gonna be suspended, no warning, no explanation. And I did not receive it well. And uh, so- so so having just an understanding knowing that we live you know we speak of that VUCA environment frequently right but we don't have the framework or training and skills to help us deal with that volatility and uncertainty complexity and amb- ambiguity we're not naturally wired for this and we live in paradoxes and polarities right it's both right we have to have a better grasp on the situation where where some things, you know, need to be more structured and some things less structured. And this organizational mindset helps us to shift right from the stress of the polarities to really have a creative tension that creates opportunities for growth and even meaningful change. So I I imagine if we, you know, if even a little bit of this was incorporated in medical schools and residencies, the impact, right, will be, you know, transformational in time.
1: Right, I, I I remember that I went to um a conference and and it was a lot of physicians that were talking about how to talk to people. <laughs> and it, it was just like these little nuances um about how do you talk to, how do you talk to a cancer patient? How do you talk to um, you know, somebody that's just being diagnosed? with, you know, whether it's a terminal illness or even just being diagnosed, whether it's pre-diabetic or, you know, you're, you're, you're obese or whatever, these these conversations and there are people like, oh, whatever. But they get really upset when their family physician says, oh, well, by the way, your BMI is this and you're obese, by the way. So what are we going to do about it? You do have to figure out how do you soften the blow but are still very upfront, honest, and transparent about what needs to happen and how do you get on board with that patient. So, you know, talk a little bit about that. How do you you really have those difficult conversations? How do you train somebody to have difficult conversations with their, whether it's their patients and it could be even colleagues?
0: Uh, That's that, the awareness piece, our self-awareness, awareness awareness of others, our ability to manage ourselves, our own biases and others, it really starts with that bigger picture and getting back to, you know, most physicians, you ask, why did you, you know, when, and why did you decide you wanted to be a physician that we want to help people and taking a step back and defining what that means. We talked about compassion, which I like more than empathy and empathy is a component of compassion, but compassion is that need to act and acting in a way that is most beneficial for another is a skill that can be developed. And that's, I think, the most important point, that it seems like it's lacking, and it is lacking. And it's lacking because we've not been trained for those skills and, and even understanding it. So uh, I, I I think that's the start of it. If we just tell people what to do, they may or may not do it. But physicians want to know that that when physicians have that aha moments, that's, again, it's transformational. Mm -hmm. and It's amazing. As a coach, I see it happen. I can see it happen three times in a coaching session or a conversation where, you know, it's when that idea pops into your head, when that awareness comes, it it changes who you are and that will change our behaviors.
1: Right it does it takes your breath away and you have you're just like ah oh, you can see it in people's faces when they have that epiphany so, so what do you think are some of the the biggest missed opportunities to support you know physicians any type of provider um with given the current healthcare landscape yeah.
0: so i love this question because it gives the opportunity for a, a reframe right when we historically take that pathogenic approach which is a focus on all of the factors that contribute to what went wrong whether it's illness disease negative health outcomes or the healthcare environment right so from that approach we know we haven't had mental health support it's not safe to do it it's not safe within our organizations which in our uh, state boards of medicine to say i need help coaching can help with that because that's not a mandatory reportable thing but those are the types of things we don't have time off in the normal sense that other human beings do. The work environment isn't really supportive or conducive, conducive to all those things. So these are the factors that lead to that exhaustion we talked about. The different approach is the salutogenic approach, which focuses on creating those positive and supportive uh, environments and systems. So strategies that actually improve mental health, flexible work, schedules, or these programs we're talking about for training and self-care and well-being and relationships, uh, that promotes the real uh, well-being. I think for our physicians and our APPs, doing that, taking this approach, realizing that we have to actually do the work, right? Mm -hmm. Not the work to avoid what's bad, but the work to keep us healthy will make uh, a difference. So uh, that's what I would say. We still have the opportunity. It hasn't been missed.
1: Yeah. Well, as long as there's opportunities and we 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 grab them or at least think about them, then you're right. It's not necessarily a missed opportunity. At NCHA, uh, we talk to our members a lot about stories. Tell your story. What's going on in your communities? You know telling a story makes it real and makes it very relatable. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: my question to you is, is there some type of story that reinforces your purpose or your why?
0: Yeah. And I think the story center around those aha moments. So buried in the discussion is helping others realize our personal responsibility. We have to grow both professionally and personally and include some of the competencies that we talked about. So the greatest thing from the coaching approach is really those perspectives. And and there are so many examples, but one recent story is that I was talking with a colleague uh, about their improvement in in patient experience following enrolling in in a formal program by uh, Healthcare Experience Foundation. And this physician had said they had already tried everything, right? Nothing works. And the aha moment for the physician was not that the training worked and there was improvement, but they thought they were already doing everything very well. They thought they were already pretty good at it. And I think that's fascinating because research shows that 80% of us think that we're self aware. However, only about 15% of us are both externally and internally aware. So there's opportunity. And this is the very common you know, self-serving bias where we attribute everything successful to internal factors and everything, you know, our failures and struggles to external factors like luck, actions, situational factors. So that shift from blaming the environment, the patients to, wow, I, I can really do something about it. And then seeing that happen and, and even learning, like, because I wasn't expecting that person to say what they learned. So that's even an aha moment to me. I was thinking, wow, this training really works there was that I thought I was really good. So that growth, right? So as a coach, part of that is I, I grow every time I have a coaching conversation. Pass that along is sort of the real world story that I would like to share.
1: Well, thank you for that. And and I think we do. We all, you know, whether we're, um, you know, it's coaching a physician or it's coaching a child, coaching your kids. Um, even for, for me coaching the dogs, you know, teaching them to do or not do something. Um, you know, we do have those moments where like, they really did listen. And then you're like, wow, I, I, maybe I did something right too. So, um, that's, that's incredible. and, And thank you for sharing. Do you have any other kind of final thoughts before we wrap up? Just, you know, something that we didn't talk about that you feel like is is very important for listeners to hear. One of your nuggets, maybe. So one nugget is focus on
0: growing our consciousness, new perspectives for all of us as individuals, for organizations. When we see things differently, that allows us to be different. And we're we have a tremendous opportunity now, right? for meaningful change. And this should be exciting for all of us. We need to step out of our crisis threat reactive mode, which we're in physiologically. We're human beings. we can't help that. But we can become aware and step out of that and and do things a little bit differently right now. And that's where we'll see real transformation and we need the resources right and the time to focus on these core elements that can be developed and with the appropriate resources and in the appropriate place we'll see some tremendous difference so and aside from that i really want to thank you for the opportunity for sharing today Uh, i'm passionate about coaching i the the organizational development mindset a little bit different take on things, which I think can add tremendously to uh, uh, physicians and contribute to their well-being, and ultimately, you know, it will impact our patient care.
1: Absolutely. No, this has been this has been fascinating. And I'm sure we could probably I could continue to ask you questions probably uh most of the day. But I would love to to chat with you again sometime. Thank you again. Really appreciate the conversation um, and your time and your your thoughts and, and just your experiences. So appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Solutions Insider, brought to you by NCHA Strategic Partners and co-produced by Healthcare Experience Foundation. If you want to learn more about our solutions, please visit ncha.org/strategic-partner